Listener-supported KFUO, AM850 here in the St. Louis region. In St. Louis, you can find us on 105.3 FM. I'm Gary Duncan. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. It's time for our moment on the lighter side. And uh, I thought I had a bigger break before I talked to this fellow again, but evidently not. As you know, I talked to Professor Lakomsky, but before that, I was talking to St. Peter. And St. Peter is back, and he's going to talk to us again about the war between God and the devil. He told us that when he left, and he told us that when Lent started, which it did, he would like to pick up the theme again. So let's give him a connection here, and I'll push a couple buttons here on the the the, the board. The control board is what they call it in the broadcast business. And we'll connect with him. Hello, Peter. What's the latest news from the front? Uh, I, I, I've got the yo-yo. And I've got the string. Look, I know you want to tell us more about the war between the forces of light and darkness, but we're not going to do all that stupid secret agent stuff, are we? With all the dumb code names and everything? Well, you know, I thought about that, Gary, and and while it was fun, (laughs) we are in the Lenten season now, as you said. And, you know, for most Christians, Lent is a somber, sober time of the year. So we'll keep our humorous comments to a minimum. Although probably most people would say that's the way it always is, isn't it, Gary? But but yes, I, I think we'll just forget the secret code names for the immediate future. Although I must say, I thought of a doozy for you. Uh, I'm almost afraid to ask. Rhododendron. <laughs> Rhododendron. <laughs> well, yes, yes, Rhododendron. Now, now that's a name worthy of a '60s flower child. Peter. Like you, Peter. Gary? Peter. Oh, oh, oh okay, <laughs> you know, that, that's right. We, we, he said, we said you wouldn't no do levity. that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, well, let's get on with this. Yeah, let's do that. Well, you know, several weeks ago, Gary, I told you the story of how God invaded his own creation, coming as a little baby in a manger. Uh, That was the spiritual D-Day, you might say. Well, now in the next few weeks, I'll be sharing with you the events that lead up to the conclusion of that great war between God and the devil. But let me begin by describing one of the great battles of that war. Indeed, it was the first time the enemy confronted our general and defender face to face. The first time, huh? Both of them had been around a long time. I'm surprised they hadn't had that confrontation before. Well, I alluded to it in my earlier transcriptions, but I don't think I said it outright. And the fact is, our enemy is a coward, through and through. (laughs) He knows he's outnumbered, and he knows his strength is nothing compared to that of our commander-in-chief. That's why he always preferred to use someone else to do his dirty work, Uh, like, like King Herod, for example. So why did the devil attack Jesus face-to-face this time? Well, remember what I told you before. Uh, Our general was no longer in his heavenly form. He had taken on the flesh of humanity. And the enemy has never been hesitant to attack humans. (laughs) Why, from the very beginning, he was willing to confront us face-to-face, although even then he felt it necessary to come in disguise. <laughs> disguise? Well, well, of course, as we said before, he is the craftiest of all God's creatures. When he first attacked our ancestors, he came under the camouflage of a serpent. You see, what he lacks in power, he tries to make up for with deception. However, I suppose now that our general was in human form, he was emboldened to make a frontal attack, although, of course, the enemy should have known that he was still dealing with a true son of God. 
I don't know, Peter. It sounds like our forces were engaging in a little deception as well, sending out the son of the almighty commander disguised as a mere human. Oh, there was no deception at all. I mean, the commander had made it perfectly clear from the beginning that this man, Jesus, was the Emmanuel, the God with us. There was nothing hidden here. Why, the angels had announced at the top of their voices that this human child was Christ the Lord. Our enemy may be the father of lies, but our leader speaks only the truth. Ah, but perhaps we should get into the details of the actual battle. If you wish to follow along, the record can be found in Luke chapter 4. Okay, I'll start with the first verse here. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them... He was hungry. You know, I've always wondered, Peter, is there any significance why that confrontation takes place in the desert? Yes, indeed. The desert is a reminder of our enemy's victories. The devil has victories? I thought you said we were the winners of this war. Well, any commander who goes out to fight knows that there are some battles he will lose. The issue is who will win the war. Yes, the devil has got his licks in and... And they all revolve around deserts. For example, how the Father gave Adam and Eve paradise, but they fell to the devil's temptation and were banished out to the desert. Jesus' 40 days in the desert remind us of 40 years in the wilderness. It's the same story, only this time God chose a people, not just a couple, uh, the people of Israel. He also offered them paradise, the land of milk and honey, but at the enemy's temptation, they were also banished to the desert. Yeah, yeah, I remember that story. God led them to the promised land, but they were afraid of the people, the giants of that land. Yes, and the enemy who is himself a coward would fill them with cowardice. I think I see the point. By staging the battle in the desert in the place of his victories, the devil hoped to fill Jesus with the same cowardice. Well, actually, fighting in the desert was not the devil's idea. It was the idea of our commander. As the text says, it was his spirit who led Jesus into the desert. Why would God do that? Well, you know, uh, to be honest, I I can't give you a definite answer. Uh, The Lord does work in mysterious ways. I suppose it is to remind us that our commander is so powerful, he can take that which is not and make it be. Why, he can feed his people, even in a waterless desert. Why, he can take death and make life. He can take defeat and make it a victory. Uh, But perhaps you should read on, Gary. We haven't come to the most important part yet. Okay, Luke 4, verse 3. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. You know, the meaning of that temptation has always puzzled me. I understand that the devil is questioning whether Jesus is God. If you are the Son of God, he says. I understand that's still the temptation today, that we doubt that Jesus is the Son of God. But why the business with turning stone to bread? Well, for one thing, it's always been the devil's way to use food for temptation. It was forbidden fruit that caused the fall of Adam and Eve. It was a lack of bread that caused the Israelites to grumble against God. And if you think of it, uh, the issue of bread fits perfectly with the question, are you the Son of God? 
Yeah, you know, the devil tempts me with another piece of pizza when I'm looking at a delicious pizza. I bet he does with you, Gary. <laughs> yes, he does. But to your question, what's that all about? Well, you remember now, Jesus had gone 40 days without food. He's hungry. Oh, very hungry. He'd take that extra piece of pizza, I tell you. While it is a fact that Jesus is true God and true man, I'm sure at this point his human feelings of hunger must have predominated. I never thought of that. God has never been hungry before. It must have been a strange feeling for him. Forty days of fasting is enough to make anybody question whether he is the Son of God. At least that's uh, what the enemy hoped. But fortunately, our ally knew the truth about bread should know it as well. Please uh, read the next verse. Okay, Jesus answered, It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Please make note, the battle that wages between the devil and us is not a battle of earthly blessings like bread. It is rather a battle of words. A battle of words? I guess I never thought of it that way. I always pictured the forces of heaven locked in mortal combat with the forces of hell. And so they are. But it's not a battle fought with hands and armaments. It's a war of words. One of the devil's great deceptions is that power rests in nuclear weapons and the number of tanks one has. And a man's strength can be measured in the gold and silver he possesses. Oh, how often we Christians fall for that. Counting our blessings by the number of loaves we have stored in our pantries. But true power, true life, is found only in the word of God. And in the weeks to come, we will see that it is one particular word and do all of the devil's plans. One word alone that will bring us the victory over the devil. And what word is that, Peter? That your sins are forgiven. And, and we will see the gist of that word in the weeks to come. Until next week, Gary. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk again next week. Thanks, Peter. We are the messenger and of... Hey, good save a piece of pizza for me, would you? Well, I'll do that. I'll make sure. And someone right. brought donuts today, so I oh, haven't had any yeah. of those yet, but if you want to be tempted uh, for food, there's... I am now. There's plenty here. No. <laughs> Until we talk again, thanks, Peter, for being on the program. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org, AM850, and also 105.3 FM.